الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأطيعوا الله ورسوله ولا تنازعوا فتفشلوا وتذهب ريحكم واصبروا إن الله مع الصابرين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم المؤمنون كرجل واحد إن اشتكى علمه اشتكى كله وإن اشتكى رأسه اشتكى كله أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم is an old well-known story for the person who had now grown old and was on his deathbed. So he called all his sons and he gave each one a stick and asked each one to break the stick. So very easily each one broke the stick. Then he took out another bundle of sticks, which were all tied up together, bundled up. And then he passed it from one to the other, that break this. But as much as each one tried, they couldn't break it. The old person, the simple person, in his very simple way, he left his children with a very, very fundamental lesson and which was actually the crux of many, many ayat of the Qur'an Sharif and many ahadis of Rasulullah which in a very basic manner, very simple manner, he left this lesson with them. He may not have known the references, he may not be, have been able to quote the verses, quote the ahadis, but the essence of it he gave him. And the essence of it was, that in unity is strength, that unity is what is very, very important. When there is disunity, there is dissension, then this results in a person, in a community, in a family being broken up very easily. But when there is unity, it's very difficult for any outside force to destroy this united body of the Ummah. And unfortunately, this has always been the strategy of the enemies of Islam that first divide and then rule because after the divisions have been made, then it's very easy to break up. So this is an old strategy of divide and rule. This was the very same strategy that brought down the Khilafat of Osmania. The Ottoman Empire that was there and the Khilafat that was still in existence, it was brought down on the same basis. And up to this day, this is the same policy that has been used. So in any case, the lesson was the lesson of unity. And this is that lesson which has to be applied at every level. It starts off at the most fundamental and basic level, at the level of one household. Because every household, every home, every family of those few members 
These are the building blocks of the community and the building blocks of the Ummah at large. If that unity exists at the most basic level, then it can be expected to grow and one day inshallah reach the highest level also. But often our efforts are to do everything from the top. So we will start building the roof, but we are not concerned much about first laying the foundation. And in this aspect of unity also, it starts off at the foundational level, at the grassroots level as they call it. And then this grows in the, from the immediate household to the extended family, to the community, and to the my life. How important is this unity? In the Hadith Sharif, the peace pastor says, that this entire ummah is like one person. One person, he is not disunited within himself. And to further elaborate on this, Nabi Sallallahu says, If his eye is paining, then the rest of the body does not say that this got nothing to do with me. Every part of the body aches with the pain of the eye. If his head is paining, then the whole body is restless because of the pain of the head. It is not that this is your business and your problem doesn't affect me. The whole body reacts to the pain of one portion of the body. Likewise, the entire ummah is like one body. Any pain to one part of the body is a pain for the whole body. Any pain to one part of the ummah is a pain for the entire ummah. And how dislike is this dissension? How much Allah Ta'ala loves bringing about that unity? This can be understood from one hadith when the Prophet Sallallahu once addressed the Sahara Ikram and Nabi Sallallahu said to them that Allah Akhbirukum Must I not tell you something? Bi'afdala min darajati salati wa siyami wa sadaqa Something that is greater in rank then all the fast, the nafil fast that a person can keep, greater in sawad and reward, then all the salah that a person can perform, the nafil salah, all the charity that a person can give, a person performs tahajjud the whole night, every night, a person fasts every day of the year besides the five days is forbidden, a person gives millions in charity, all this put together, who can pass this? Who can get greater reward than this? Nabi Islam was saying, something I can tell you is beyond this also. What is beyond this in reward? Islamu Zatil Bayn. Bringing about unity between two people that have divided on some issue. Disunited on something. Bringing about unity between them carries a reward beyond all these three things combined. Can we imagine, can we put ourselves in that can we bring this in our mind? What is being spoken about? The magnitude of the reward. Person making tahajjud the whole night, every night. Person fasting every day of the year, besides the five days it's forbidden. Person giving millions in charity daily. We can't even imagine this. And Nabi Islam is saying, beyond this, in reward is the act of that person who goes about bringing unity between two people. So what would be the reward of those who themselves humble themselves to bring about this unity and bring about this muhabba and love between people? We cannot imagine the reward of those. 
Now the issue is how will this unity be created? What is the prescription? Whether it is on the most basic level of the household, whether it is on an extended family, whether it is on a community level, whether it is known by large, what is the prescription of the unity? In the Quran Sharif, Allah gives us the prescription. Firstly, Allah says, Allah wa Rasulah. That be obedient to Allah Ta'ala and His Rasulullah. We will come to this portion just now. But just to take it further, Allah says, That don't create disunity. Do not create dissension. But at this point, a very important aspect to keep in mind that what is being spoken about is disunity. Something totally apart from disunity is what is known as difference of opinion. Allah Ta'ala has created everybody with a different level of intellect, different level of understanding. Somebody may understand something to a certain depth and somebody can understand it even greater. So obviously with the different levels of understanding, different levels of intellect, there will be different of opinion. And this has been something that occurred from the time of the Sahaba Kiram and will carry on to Kiamat. Anybody who tries to remove differences of opinion will only create one more set. And neither is difference of opinion something that is in itself totally taboo, provided that difference of opinion is coming from those who are qualified to give their opinion. If there is a legal issue and you go to three or four legal people, all who may be specialists in their field, and you are bound to come out with more than one opinion. So you say, well, all these people are wrong, I'd rather do my own thing. If you have a rare disease, Allah forbid, somebody has a rare disease, and now he goes to one specialist, that person gives one opinion, and he says, take a second opinion. The second opinion comes something totally different. So he says, well, all these people are, they don't know what they're talking about, let me do my own thing. When it comes to a person's health, he doesn't do his own thing. Uh, he will decide who the person who is the person with more experience? Who is the person he's got more confidence in? Who has a greater success rate in treating his patients? Who is the person who seems to be more diligent in his work? And he takes his view and continues on that line. Now he doesn't say, I rather, because there's a difference of opinion, I rather leave everybody aside. He then goes in the direction where he has greater confidence after having consulted with those who know who is the person that's more experienced, etc. So likewise, in dini issues, if there is some difference of opinion, they will be this. We have to see who has the greater experience, who has we have more confidence in, and then we choose one person and follow that. And inshallah, we won't be answerable beyond that, provided we have done this. Then a person just continues following who he has found to be more experienced, more knowledgeable, somebody he has more confidence in, and he continues. And he doesn't look left and right then. And he'll be rightly guided each other. So difference of opinion occurred from the time of the Sahaba Ikram. On one occasion, Rasulullah had to, he gave the Sahaba Ikram an instruction, Look, we have to go to Bani Khoreza, there's a lengthy incident, let's get to the crux of it. So everybody must leave immediately. Now this was a distance away. Abhi Sasu said to them, look, you perform your Asar Salah in Bani Khoreza. 
Now any roots, the time of Asr is now already there is a fear now that if you continue moving, you won't reach in time. And the time of Asr will expire. So some Sahaba Ikram perform the Salah in roots. Others said, we are not going to do this. The Beast also said, perform your Salah in Bani Qureza. We will go and perform our Salah there. If the time expires, we'll still follow the command. The others said, well, this is actually something that was told to us to make us move quickly. Any case, this happened. But both groups were following those who were more knowledgeable among them. When the expedition was over, they returned, they gave the whole detail to Rasulullah This is what happened. Some performed the salah and root. This was their reasoning. Some performed the salah in Bani Qureza. Falam yu'annif wa'idam minhuma. Nabi Islam did not rebuke either. Very good. Both had knowledgeable people who were making the deduction in the light of the Quran and the instruction of Rasulullah as a result, both were correct in their process of deduction. So the four mazhabs that have existed from the time of the Sahaba Quranic commenced already. This is something that is established in Deen. This is not this unity and dissension. This is difference of opinion which the Ummah can always upheld, respected. This unity is something apart from that. So in any case, one is Allah Ta'ala saying, Wala tanazaru. Don't create dissension. Otherwise, you will be totally, your strength will be sucked up in this, in this disunity. You will slip off the correct path. And what will be the end result? The end result will be destruction. So this is the issue that Deen is warning us about, the Quran Sharif is warning us about, disunity. Dissension. Now, what is the prescription to that unity? The prescription to that unity is in the same ayat. And in the next word, Allah Ta'ala says, Wasbiru, inna Allah Adopt sabr, adopt patience. Let alone the whole movement at large, even in one household, there cannot be unity without sabr. Insan is insan, human beings are human beings. Neither we angels and neither others angels also. We will make mistakes, sometimes something will slip out of our mouth. Sometimes the other person there will be a slip of the tongue on his side. Sometimes we will make some blunder in some issue. Sometimes somebody else will make the blunder. Sometimes the husband will make some decision that was wrong in some matter. Sometimes the wife will do something that was not supposed to have been done. Sometimes it will be the children and sometimes the parents fault. So everything there is some issues, wherever it is. If there isn't sabr, then there cannot be expected to be any unity. Sabr will be the foundation of unity. If Allah Ta'ala is saying the same ayat, the same sentence, the same line, وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا فَتَفْشَلُوا وَتَذْهَبَرِيَكُمْ وَاسْبِرُوا Now it's a summer days, somebody wants an acorn in that house, in that room, on full speed. Another person is saying, I'm feeling cold. Now each one wants it his way. So what's going to be the end result? End result is it cannot be hot and cold at the same time. But it becomes boiling. Now there's going to be a major problem. To take a more practical example that affects us unfortunately very often, that to avoid 
dissension and disunity, we will have to make sabr on ourselves also. For example, a person has come to the masjid, just to park his car somewhere. Now the spot that he wants to park in is going to cause the cliff to others. It's going to jam people. It's going to make it difficult for them to walk past maybe. Or somebody else will move his car out. So now he makes sabr upon himself and parks at a further distance. At a spot that's further away, he'll have to walk 10 steps more maybe, maybe 100 steps more. But he says, I won't give anybody taklif, I won't give anybody difficulty, I'll take the sabr upon myself. Now by taking the sabr upon himself, he's creating the platform for unity. But if he says, I need to have my convenience at any cost. If my convenience is that others get inconvenience, that's up to them. I will have my convenience. I'm not prepared to take any difficulty on myself. So the end result of that is obvious. Somebody else is going to become upset. Somebody is going to say something and one thing will lead to another. So this is just one example in anything. Person who is ready to take the suffer upon himself. I will save others from the difficulty. It doesn't matter I have to bear something. Because Allah Ta'ala already promised Allah Ta'ala is with those who have suffer and patience. But then the other side now somebody has still done the wrong thing. Somebody has parked in the wrong place. Somebody has created some inconvenience for us in the house, wherever. Now the suffer to tolerate somebody else's wrong. This will create unity. Because a person's gaze is on the akhirat. Allah has blessed me with something that will be far greater than venting my feelings now. So I will make suffer. Suffer to prevent, to, to save others from the cave. Taking that summer upon ourselves and summer in tolerating other people's wrongs. Somebody said something, well, I'm going to let it be now. There's an old story about the cave sticks and stones will break my bones and words will never hurt. It might not be true because words hurt. It's obvious words hurt. We're not made of sticks and stones, we're made of feelings. Words hurt. But I will swallow that hurt because in the summer, Allah has blessed a great deal. And promised a great deal. So a person who has this heart, as we say, have a heart. Do we have a heart? Those who have a heart can swallow these things very easily. So this is the aspect that is the prescription that the Quran is giving. Obviously it's wider than this, but this is the foundation, suffer. Unfortunately, when there is no suffer within a household, no suffer within spouses, and then the other part of it also, we are always demanding suffer from others. Whenever there is an issue, the suffer must be from the next party. Have we made suffer? We say charity begins at home, we are the home. Ourselves, within ourselves. So let's leave the demands on others. Let's put the demand on ourselves. I will make suffer. Each person undertakes this on his own. I will adopt this prescription of the Quran Sharif. Then the foundation will be laid all around. And then that building of happiness will come up. So in any case, this is the prescription the Quran gives. But in any, taking it one step further, that there has to be some basis for that unity. There cannot be unity without a foundation. One house, there has to be a foundation. One wall is built somewhere, another wall is built somewhere else, the roof is placed somewhere else, you can never have a house. There has to be some basis on which everything fits in. So what is going to be the basis? The basis in the Quran Sharif Allah says, وَعَتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ كَنِيَعًا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا 
that hold on to the rope of Allah Taala together and do not be divided and disunited. So there's two things mentioned in this ayat: holding on to the rope of Allah Taala together and not being divided. If all of you hold together onto the rope of Allah Taala, there'll be division. But then the division that will be the responsibility of the one who is refusing to hold the rope of Allah. Now a person cannot say that one person doesn't hold his rope, you all will leave it. Then he is responsible. We can compromise on leaving the rope of Allah. So the basis of unity is the rope of Allah. And what is this rope of Allah? The Prophet says, That I've left two very weighty things with you. One is the Quran Sharif. This is the rope of Allah. So out of the Quran Sharif and the explanation of the Quran Sharif is the Sunnah of Rasulullah. Out of the Quran and Sunnah there cannot be unity. If somebody is insisting on doing something out of this, then he is responsible for the disunity. For example, we have the various sects and various uh, wrong beliefs people have unfortunately. Like the Shias believe that the Quran Sharif Nawazullah is incomplete, is distorted Nawazullah. Now somebody says, look at the big, bigger picture. You must look at the bigger picture and maintain unity with anyone and everyone. How can you look at the bigger picture if the rope of Allah Ta'ala is not being held to? That is the picture. That is the whole picture. Holding on to the rope of Allah Ta'ala. If somebody is insisting Nawazullah that the Quran Sharif is incomplete, uh, he is responsible for the disunity. We cannot unite on a foundation that is corrupt. So then this would be totally out. If somebody has made it their way of life to revive the Sahaba Ikram, to speak ill of the Sahaba Ikram, then this is way far away from this rope of Allah. Far away from this rope of Rasulullah. Because Nabi Islam says, Ashabi. When you see people reviving my Sahaba, Nabi Sallallahu was so saying this, that something will happen down the line of the Ummah, and people will speak ill of my Sahaba Ikram. When you hear this, then curse them. Say, may the curse of Allah be on your evil. This is something that now we cannot be united on. Once in the time of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala, Abaydullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala, he and Baghdad ibn Aswad radiallahu anhu, something they exchanged some words and Ubaidullah ibn Umar said some harsh words to him. So he thought about it, then what do I do now? Well, let me go and complain to his father. His father was Umar radiallahu So he comes, he says, your son Ubaidullah, this is what he told me. This is how he uh, used some harsh words against me. And Umar radiallahu becomes upset. He says, bring him here. I will cut his tongue off. When Naqdaad bin Aswad fears that this might really happen, he's serious. He brings some other senior Sahaba to intercede on behalf of Ubaidullah bin Umar. And he says, please, this was something that happened in passing. I just came to complain, but I didn't mean it to go this far. Leave it out, don't worry about it. So Umar says, go bring him. I want to cut his tongue off. So that this will be a precedent for the entire Ummah later on. That anybody who revives any Sahabi, then this must be his punishment, his tongue must get cut off. Any case, the others interceded and said, no, this is not to be taken this far, let it be. And Ali Allah once gives a Sahaba a khutbah, and he addresses them, 
and he says, I have been told, in his khilafat, in the time of his Amir Mu'mineen, and he says, this message has been brought to me, that there are people who are saying that I am greater than Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhu. He said, I didn't give any prior warning regarding this before, therefore I am not giving any punishment now, because I don't like to give a punishment until I have sounded a warning first. So listen now, I am giving the warning. Dare anybody repeat this in future? If he repeats it, I will meet out the punishment of a slanderer upon him. Because he is slandering his great personalities of Abu Bakr and Umar by saying, I am greater than them. They were the greatest of the Ummah. Nobody can surpass their rank of the Ummah. In future, anybody says the statement, I will meet out 80 lashes upon him. Which is He is a slanderer and get the punishment of one who has committed slander. So here there was no compromise. There cannot be some compromise, but if you look at the bigger picture, and the bigger picture is everybody, whoever calls himself, whatever, all have to be united. How can there be unity if the robe of Allah has not been held on to? So even if one fundamental of being is being discarded, that unity is not possible. Then the person discarding the fundamental of being, he is responsible for that. So the basis of unity can only be the Quran and Sunnah. And this is the basis on which the Ummah, one household can be united, one community can be united, and the entire Ummah can be united. But the prescription for that unity, after bringing everyone onto the basis of the Quran and Sunnah, the prescription of the unity is what's below. Inna The enthusiasm to go about this comes from keeping in mind those ahadis of Rasulullah which give the great benefit and virtue of this unity, like the hadith we discussed earlier, that to bring about this unity has a rank greater than all the nafil salah, all the nafil fast, all the charity that a person can give. Bringing about unity has a greater rank than all this. All it requires is, unity requires humility. The basis of unity, together with the Quran and Sunnah, what will give this boost to bring about unity? is two fundamental qualities. What qualities the Quran and Sunnah have spoken about? One is ikhlas, sincerity. There is no personal motive in the issue. There is no personal agenda. It's based totally on sincerity. What will please Allah and Rasul Allah Ta'ala's pleasure must be paramount. Not how can I get my own thing out of this? How can I enrich myself in some way? Or how I can get my word accepted? So I am not put down in some way. I can be the person. My ego must not get trampled in any way. So the first thing is ikhlas. There must be sincerity in it. And the second is tawazu and humility. Without ikhlas and tawazu, then unity is just a dream. We can talk about it in qiyamat, but it will never come. It won't come between two members of a family. It won't come in a community. It cannot come in the ummah as well. So this is the thing to keep reflecting upon. Whether it is an issue between spouses, whether it is an issue between parents and children, is my nafs involved? Is my ego involved? Am I just trying to be somebody that I am I'm the husband here. Who are you to tell me anything? Even if you are right, I am right, and you are wrong. That is something that will take us far away from Allah. And this will create, make this world also Jahannam, and be leading towards Jahannam also. But if there is ikhlas, what will please Allah? What will make my Allah happy? And to learn to humble ourselves. 
When a person has learned to humble himself, what is there? Somebody has said something, for the moment I felt something, now it's over. Let it pass. Somebody has done something which doesn't, if there is some recoverable right, by all means, in a dignified way, a person wants to recover some right, in a dignified way, he will go about it. But all the petty things and trivial things, if a person has a class and humility, he has become very easy to overcome. May Allah wa ta'ala give us a coffee to bring the entire thing in our lives and bring these qualities. Wa'afir wa ta'awana alhamdulillah.